Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. Dio, what's popping? Another day, another dollar. I know, two episodes. Keeping it good. Two days. Two, Keeping it good. Two a days. You can't tell people that we just record another episode. You like, got a flat tire? Good. <laughs> Be appreciative you have a car. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. It's all good, John. Is it? That's the word yes. I look at it. Here's what I want you to do. Shout out to Kyle Johnson. Shout out KJ. Our friend KJ over at New American. Mm-hmm. So Kyle just hit me up on LinkedIn. He's like, hey, you and JC and the guests that come on your show, you guys are always dropping like these great resources and these books that you're reading. Mm-hmm. I would love it if you on tloponline.com mm-hmm. were to actually like give us links. There it is. Two of these. Okay. Can you and Dennis make that happen? We can make it happen. Like, like you and I are kind of like not making fun, but we're referencing good, which is an awesome YouTube mm-hmm. video done by Jocko. I'm a big fan of Jocko's book, Extreme Ownership. So you could have like resources right. on tloponline.com. You already have a ton of great content Thank you. and awesome links to industry resources and guides and trackers and printouts. And mm-hmm. I mean, hundreds of additional training videos. Literally. If you want training videos, they're there. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of training videos <laughs> right. are on this website. But there's also several resources. How cool would it be like if we're referencing Jocko's mm-hmm. good clip mm-hmm. from I think 2016, you could have a link to that. Right there, yeah. Or like if we're talking about Anthony Frasilla's podcast, the MF CEO project from mm-hmm. March of 2019, that's where he he launched 75 Hard. Mm-hmm. We could have a link to that. Yep. We could have a link to Extreme Ownership. All right. What if you had like an Amazon store? There you go. And then it'd be a link. To, uh, to the website, uh, to to, to yeah. the Amazon, they can buy the book. That's deep. You're going deep. That's seven okay, layers. Okay, John, can I'll you make it. this happen I'll on tloponline.com? Yes, we will make it happen. Do you think you could have it ready by the time that we're out in Vegas in September mm-hmm. and we could, like, talk about it Ooh. on the main stage? What? While we're in Vegas at, at Mortgage Mastermind? I'm going to ask him for one of those overhead projectors with the clear film back in the old day. You know what those I are. I do know what with those the, are. They, with they, the vis-a-vis? Yeah, and they used to write upside down, like, all right, in this equation kids have no idea what we're talking about yeah and i was always the class clown that would come through and do right. the uh the, oh, the, the swimming thing or the, 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 the hand puppets yeah, the, hand the, puppets, yeah. yeah the shadow puppets Clearly. they call them yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no but it w- wouldn't it be awesome i don't know if you and dennis can work that fast yeah. it did take you all nine months to well, build this know, website you know but yes. it would be nice if you could take kj's recommendations yeah. by the way kyle thank you thank because you. i've been asking for this shit for like six months but they now, don't listen to me, right? But hey, because you said it, that's what's called third-party validation. It is called third-party validation. I'm a you. Know, I'm a huge fan of third-party validation. Yes, I, I think know. as a salesperson, as a as a marketing rep, as a business owner, yep. when you're trying to convey a message, it's always nice to have third-party validation. Like if I'm trying to talk about why condo financing is so difficult to a home buyer. I can talk all I want, but I can also send them an article that was just featured in like the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times and say, hey, check this out. It's not just me telling Mm -hmm. you this. One of the purposes of shows like this and the content we produce is I want to give our audience third-party validation. Okay. Like if you're trying to convey a message to a realtor or to a CPA or to a potential home buyer or to your neighbor, your friend, your best friend, your spouse, Mm Why not use the content that we create right. as subject matter experts in certain fields right. and use it as your third party validation? Lord knows. Yes. Yeah. Lord knows. Whatever, whatever that I don't know. Means. Lord knows because that's what my wife says. Like, you never listen to me. But, but as soon as someone else says it, you're like, let's do it. 
That's yes. what she tells me. All oh, the time. I thought your wife tells you, Lord knows. No, I was like, Lord knows is like, yes, facts, Dustin. Preach. Say it one more time. Because your mom's always like, oh, not my baby. Uh, uh-uh, not my baby. Yeah. And but then your I, wife's always like, Lord no, knows. No, yeah, exactly. Lord See, knows. Yeah. <laughs> if you only knew Mrs. Coleman. We don't know what the Lord knows. Though. No, no. Okay, we don't. Mm-hmm. That's why you say it. Like, oh, Lord only knows. Uh, Do you see, like, oh, Lord only knows what that boy's thinking? That's... Like, like he's a creepy guy that's, like, has the, the no, ring camera yeah. and he's spying on yeah, us. I saw that. I see on bumper stickers all the time in Florida. You see what? No, that's what the bumper stick. I saw that. I saw God, that? Uh, from God. Oh. So you see, get it together, Dustin. And Santa Claus. Do you? Oh, yeah. Santa creepy. Claus sees everything, too. That's creepy. Yes, Santa Claus is a little bit creepy if you think about that. Like he knows when I'm good, he knows All when I'm bad. All that means is parents just lie to us our entire uh, childhood. Just lie after lie. Fairy tales, Tooth Fairy, Santa Claus, Easter Bunny. I hope people tuning in understood this. We said children 18 plus. <laughs> yeah, if right. not, John Coleman's just absolutely wrecking some kid's right, day. Right. Well, if you still believe, you know, there's always hope. Because you know what? No one else will make you believe it for you. Okay, talk what, about that. I don't, well, I don't know. This was talk the to- about that. This is the topic of today's What episode. is the topic of today's episode, John? No one can make you want it. No one can make you no want it. No one can light that fire under your ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can. You might lose your job, but other than that. Yeah, so let's talk about this. We're going to unpack this today. Okay. That's what today's episode is going to be. Okay. No one can want it but you. No one can want it but you. I like that. Yeah, better. you got to want it. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? These are things that I believe in. I believe in because I study it with the books I read, I study it with the podcasts I listen to, or I've lived it, and I've seen both the the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I've experienced some success. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, no one can want it as bad as you, and no one can make it happen better than you. And these are conversations that are really coming from, A, a coaching call that I was on as a student, like, yes, I too pay to be coached as well as coaching that I was doing both internally for those loan officers that work directly for my organization and externally for those loan officers that are T-loppers that, that want to be coached by someone outside of their organization, but still in their field. Mm -hmm. And I kept on noticing these common themes, whether it's the external group, the internal group or the group that I pay to be a part of. And it was like, wow, At the end of the day, I am where I am because I got myself here and I'm going where I'm going based on the effort I'm willing to put in. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do is kind of pull from those conversations and share some stories in hopes that it helps someone ignite the fire underneath their rear end that's going to be required to go achieve whatever it is that they want to achieve, Mm -hmm. right? That clip from Jocko that we've been referencing now for two episodes of good. It's a great way to start your day, especially if you're in a bad place mentally. If you're in a woe is me, the sky is falling, people are out to get me, do yourself a favor. The clip is only two and a half minutes long. Go to YouTube, type in Jocko Good. That's all you have to do. And why do I know that's all you have to do? Because I just did it for 40 people that were in a branch meeting that I kicked off this morning. And I typed in YouTube Good. I went to YouTube first, good Jocko, mm-hmm. first thing that pulled up. Mm-hmm. And I did that kind of impromptu because I rolled into this meeting and I knew I was going to kick it off, but I wasn't going to be the one facilitating the bulk of the meeting. And the person who was, he already had his laptop out, already had the projector screen mm-hmm. pull, um, um, pull, pull down and the projector on. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Might as well. Might as well. Mm-hmm. Right? So nobody can want it as bad as you. 
So this is stemming from a conversation I had with a loan originator who, hey, truth be told, homeboy's in a rough spot right now. The good news is he can get out of that spot. He brought himself into that spot. Only he can take it out of the spot. And it's interesting because as we were having a one-on-one, a heart-to-heart, he said something along the lines of, of, I wish my manager was better at holding me accountable. What do you think my response was? Uh, I could, Lord only knows. Lord only knows. (laughs) Yeah, I I can guarantee you this. It wasn't, you're right. Your manager's a great technician, but he doesn't do a good job of holding people accountable. No, my response is that's bullshit. You need another grown ass man to hold you accountable? Yeah, I can't do it myself, so it's your fault. What? Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. No. Like, at the end of the day, you are the 44-year-old. At the end of the day, you are the person who's trying to run your own business. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, no one can want it better than you or more than you. So, no, you should not need someone else who's another grown-ass adult to come behind you and say, John, why were you not here at 8 a.m.? John, how come when you're coming into work, I don't see you making your sales calls? Bro, that's micromanagement. Yeah, it's it's not necessary. Yeah. So then I started naming names. And I'm going to use podcast guests for those that are tuning in. Okay. So I said to this person, I said, do you think Mike Smalley has ever needed somebody to make sure he went to work and did his job? So do you think Casey McElroy has ever needed somebody to pull him into the office and have a heart to heart when he's not making his sales calls. Do you think Kevin Murphy ever needed somebody to explain to him what the proper dress code was? And then more importantly, when he quit adhering to that dress code to call him out, or do you think all three of those people are consummate professionals who are running their own business and are exceeding expectations, excelling at a high level because damn it, they wanted to. And he was like, oh, good point. And what it was was somebody was looking for an escape. They're looking for an excuse. Quick out. They wanted a quick out. Thinking thinking on the lines of quick, so many times people expect quick success or quick turnarounds or quick results. Yeah. Right? I always attribute to weight loss. I start there. And I'm like, hey, look, you didn't get fat overnight. You're not going to get healthy overnight. Dio, I made a hundred calls this week, just like you said, and I went to uh, I went to open houses, and I got I got nothing out of it. I'm uh, good. But that's I, actually how I found and learned good. I was on this coaching call, and one of my peers said to the coach when he was saying, "Hey, how was everyone's week last week? Give me some wins." I shared my win. This other person shared their win. This dude said, I got my teeth kicked in, Clint. And Clint goes, good. And that's why we went down the rabbit hole. And it's like, good. The good of that is you did all of those activities and you didn't find success. So because you did all of those activities and didn't find success, you're now going to work harder to do those activities better. And by consistently doing those activities, the odds, because sales and marketing and business operation is typically a numbers game, the odds are in your favor that the next week you're going to see the result that you were looking to elicit because that's how things roll. It takes persistence and consistence. So that was my, my, my conversation and my, my thought process behind, well, you didn't get fat overnight. You're not going to get healthy overnight. 
right? The person who I'm talking to didn't get into the position that he got into business overnight. Mm -hmm. It was a 16 month lack of effort, lack of consistency, lack of caring, lack of trying. So I said to him, this was my advice to him. I can't do it for you. Your manager can't do it for you. We can't want it for you. But if you're calling me and you're telling me that you want to come into the office on Monday and you want to restart what you initially started three years ago, great. But I need you to understand that it's not going to just in 30 or 60 hmm. days of these efforts, you're going to get what you wanted. I told him he had to understand that it's a journey. It's a process. Every day he's focusing on getting better. And the version that we expect to see of him on Monday is a version that nobody has seen. I go, I don't want the version that I hired three years ago, right? I don't want you to work your butt off to get back to where you were three years ago. I want you to roll in here and I want you to show me who you, who, who I've never seen that version of you that you've never seen. I've never seen because this is gonna be the best version. But I kept on coming back to the, I can't do it for you. You gotta wanna do it and you can't expect results overnight. And when things don't go your well, your way, mm -hmm. you're gonna have to be able to say good and keep moving forward because it's going to be the persistent consistency that, that pays off. For those individuals that don't have your, I'll run through a brick wall, hold my beer mentality, I'm gonna get it done and get frustrated. What are some tips, tricks, and tactics beyond just like, oh, just one more call that you can share to help them get over like the doldrums of whatever kind of pit. Hey, John, <laughs> I, hey, John, I think your mom's outside, man. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Hey, hey, are you supposed to be somewhere? <laughs> nah. Yeah. Um, do you have any tips for people that aren't as like maybe headstrong or kind of get down on themselves or frustrated and just kind of can't turn on the switch as quickly as someone like yourself? What are some tips that you can have? I don't have any good tips. My, my sage advice would be take everything one day at a time. Right, like it's okay to have a bad day. It's not okay to have consistently bad days. And a bad day has to do with your effort. So you have to track and control what you can control. Right, I can't control how many people go out to buy a house this week. I can't control how many people put their home on the market. I can't control whether or not mortgage rates are four and a half percent or six and a half percent. I can't control that. What I can control is my activity. I can control my effort. I can control how I treat people, that's, those are things mm -hmm. that, that I can control. I can control things I'm willing to sacrifice, right? I can control that, but I, I can't, so I, so I, I can't control the, the exterior. Mm -hmm. When someone is not willing to say, hold my beer, watch me run through a brick wall, I don't understand that. So I don't have mm -hmm. good advice besides, and I'm rereading a tab, Atomic, Atomic Habits right now by James Clear, I think it is a habit that has to be formed. Luckily for me, I've been forming this habit maybe since um, my adolescence, right. maybe since early adulthood, right? Because of my upbringing, a little bit of, of, of my nature, mm -hmm. but also a little bit of my upbringing. Like we were lectured in my household about not doing half-ass work, mm. right? Like that was a big thing. Um, my father gave praise based on your effort, not necessarily based on your results. Um, and my father's praise over effort was higher than anything else. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage somebody, and Ed Milet talks about this. I don't talk enough about Ed Milet. Uh, his podcast is one of my more favorite podcasts to listen to. And it's interesting because I'm not sold on being like a huge Ed Milet fan like others maybe mm -hmm. are, but I think he has really good content. He has great guests, he gives a great interview. 
And I think Ed just wrote a book and his book, it might be titled one more, but I think it's getting that one more mentality, meaning you're having a bad day, whether it's in the gym, whether it's uh, at work, whether it's at home, one more, I mean, I know I'm having a bad day at the gym, but I'm going to do one more minute on the treadmill. I'm going to do one more rep. I'm going to do one more set. I know I'm having a bad day, right? I know that I want to stop at six uh, reps of squats. I know I'm supposed to be doing 10. I'll do seven. It's just that mentality of whatever is coming natural to me that day, I'm going to do one more. And I think when you get in the habit of I'm a one more person, eventually that'll lead mm. you to I am a hold my beer, run through brick wall type type person. Right. Right. I just if I say I'm going to do something, I do something for me. It's because I'm a man of my word. Right. I at least pride myself on being a man of my word. Right. I would leave that to others to judge me on whether or not I'm a man of my word. Right. I would like to believe that I am. I, I live my life as if I am. So my word, whether it's to me, to you or someone else, if I said I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And what I like to do, I do share it. I share my intentions with other people, mainly to hold myself accountable. Right. Also, because the more I talk about something, it's my way, and you've learned this from working with <laughs> me, it's my way of categorizing my thoughts mm -hmm. and understanding my thoughts better so that I can either better explain them to myself or to others. But I do share things that I'm trying to accomplish because if I, if I put it out there, yeah. you're a universe person. Yeah. If I put it out there, it'll happen. If I talk about it, then I can't not, not be a man right. of my word. Exactly. So those are things that, that, that helped me as well. Question for you. When you were a loan originator back in the day, and I'm sure you got frustrated, right? Uh, was there ever a point that you wanted to like fold, like throw in the towel, not want to be a LO? Yes. Yes. And I'm glad you asked this question because this came up in a conversation that I had this week with, with a loan officer that I was doing a one-on-one -on -one with. And it was someone who's contemplating seriously leaving the industry. And I'm like, hey, look, bro, if you don't love this, then maybe you don't need to be doing it, right? Life is short enough that if you don't love what you do, then, you know, go find something you do, mm -hmm. assuming that is something you can, you can do to provide your right, family, live, safe for retirement. Of, right. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like not every day at work is going to be all sunshine right. and, and rainbows, right. but the industry it, it as a whole is mm -hmm. something that I've always loved. I've always been passionate about. I mean, even like my first year in the industry, when I made $46,000, my first year and $48,000, my second year, hundred percent commission working 60 hours a week, making myself available nights and weekends, I was always able to say, man, I like what I do, right? So um, your question of was there ever a time? Yeah, I can vividly remember the year at least was 2009, right? So 2006 was my breakout year as an originator. That was the first year I did over 100 units. I did over 24 million in, in, in volume. 2007 was when everything started to get a little bit wonky. Mm -hmm. By 2008, the proverbial shit has hit the fan. So I survive eight, basically burning through my savings. I get to nine. The savings is all depleted. Mm. Things aren't getting remarkably better. And it's about May of 2009. And I'm like, crap, I have three loans in my pipeline. You're talking to a guy who's used to closing eight to 10 loans. <laughs> a month. Right. I got three loans in my pipeline. And um, if one of them doesn't close, I can't pay my bills. Like true story, like just can't pay my bills. Average loan size was about $135,000. My average commission was probably around $1,500. Three loans was $4,500. I would probably net somewhere around 3,800 to four grand. That'd be enough to pay my minimum bills, right? Back then mortgage was 1200 bucks. Had two car payments that amounted to $700. Right. Student loans at that time were probably deferred. So I wasn't paying on them. Right. And I was probably paying just the bare minimum on my credit cards, right? right? 
no vacations, no, no lavish. Yeah. You know, I'd gone to, I was buying generic everything, right? Yeah. Generic soda. Kirkland's, bar- Kirkland's breast again. Correct. Kirkland. Everything, everything was generic. So I was like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a advertising public relations major, right? I'm good at sales. I did good at sales and TV advertising and in mortgage. So I'm going to go and, and get a bunch of, uh, a bunch of interviews. I'm leaving this industry. Peace out. Really? Yeah. I was done. Absolutely done. So I won't bore you with the finite details, but just know this. I was paying a hundred bucks a month to be on a certain website that helped you find sales jobs where the income was over a hundred thousand dollars. And I was, I was not getting a whole lot of attention. And when I would reach out to people, basically I had a scarlet letter on my chest because I was coming from mortgage. So very mm-hmm. few wanted to talk mm-hmm. to me. Right. Now they don't, they want to talk to me because they thought all mortgage originators <laughs> were order takers. And I was like, no, nah, I'm pretty, pretty sure I was an order taker. I'm pretty sure I lived you know, having to, to do the 12 week challenge, having to do face to faces and one-on-ones. But back then, so many other mortgage loan originators were order takers that they didn't have necessarily a sharp skill set. And those are uh, a a sharp skill set. And those are probably the loan originators who, who didn't make it through those, those tough years. So long story, long, long story short, (laughs) long story, less long, I should say long story, less long. I did the old fashioned network with my friends and my colleagues and my neighbors and et cetera. And someone knew someone at a venue and that venue was hiring like a VP of sales and the venue was an arena. Okay. Right? So it was, it was an arena, the arena host, um, various, you know, basketball mm-hmm. and, and, um, like uh, concerts, it, events. It, concerts, events, comedians. Yeah. yeah. So my job would have been a salary job, but also highly commissioned based on, bringing in, mm-hmm. um, various uh, acts. acts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. So I was like, all right, cool. So this, in th- this, this job, you know, let's say I could have paid 140 grand max if I hit all my KPIs. Okay. And, um, it was you know, within 15, 20 minutes of my house. So decent driving distance. Oh. And for the most part, it was a Monday through Friday, nine to five, well, except for when they had an event, then I had to be there yeah. when they had an event, which they had events on average two to three times a month. Okay. So there's going to be at least two to three upwards to six nights that I was going to have to also work probably pretty late. Mm-hmm. Could have been a weekend, could have been a weekday, you know, just depending on, on how the venues fall. Mm-hmm. And I sat down cause I, I, I had the interview set up and I knew I was like one of three people that they were considering and I had an inside track and I started really considering the pros and cons. So I did a pros and cons analysis, like an ROI on this analysis. Yeah, yeah. So this was a pros and cons analysis. And I was like, okay, if I, if I leave the mortgage industry, what do I have to do? Well, I have to learn this new venue mm. sales, venue management. Okay. I could probably do that in six or seven months. Yeah. And then I thought I'm going to have to build out a new network. Cause my current network was full of people who were like homeowners mm-hmm. or people who sold real estate. I'm, ha- I'm like, okay, so it's going to take me probably a year or two to make all of those connections with the various promoters and institutions that would hire an arena or uh, partner with an mm-hmm. arena. And I was going to have to work really hard. Yeah. I was going to have to grind. I was going to have to get up every day, mm-hmm. go to the office, make a bunch of sales calls, yeah. and make myself available nights and weekends. Yep. So then I started looking at the mortgage industry. I was like, well, I at least already know this industry because mm-hmm. I had been working in it now for three years. Mm-hmm. And although, truth be told, a lot of my past clients at this point were probably short selling their home, going into foreclosure mm-hmm. or filing bankruptcy. I, 
that was only, you know, a third. There are still two thirds that still had their had their home loan. Mm-hmm. And those people still knew people who eventually were going to buy houses. Yeah. And although a good amount of my realtors were getting out of the business because it was 2009 and they too couldn't really survive the economic collapse that was transpiring, I still had a database of past clients. I still had a database of referral sources Mm -hmm. so that all I really had to do if I stayed in mortgage, I didn't have to learn a new trade and I didn't have to, to like from scratch, build out a network of referral sources and clients. I just had to work really hard and maybe make myself available nights and weekends. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, even that story who that story now is what 13 years ago, it still resonates with me. And I hope others tuning in gather something from it, because if you're ever in that position and you're running a pros and cons and you're thinking about leaving your current industry, I want you to ask yourself, what's going to be different when you leave? Are you going to be a different person? Are you going to act differently? Are you going to dress differently? Is your behavior going to be different? For the first week, and then that's just going to go right back to how you used to be. Okay, so then you're going to leave one industry for another industry, but you're going to end up in the same exact spot or worse because that new industry required you to learn something Mm -hmm. new and to build something you didn't already have. And it just keeps on coming back to that same reminder, like no one can do it for you. Many people tuned in right now need to hear this message because this is the kick in the pants that they need to be like, yeah, you know what? Things aren't that easy right now. Good. Let me go out and build a sustainable book of business that's going to last me a lifetime because maybe you didn't do it last year because it was too easy or you didn't do it the year before because it was too easy. This is the year to do it. What is it going to require? It's going to require you to get up every morning, put on your uniform, go to work and put in an honest day's work and potentially make yourself available nights and weekends. But nobody, not John Coleman, not Dustin Owen, not T-Loppers, not your boss, not your manager, not your spouse. Nobody can want it for you. You got to want it for you. And I'll leave you on this. If you ever need a motivation on, on, well, what's it going to take to keep you persistently consistent with your activities, especially if you're a parent, ask yourself this. What if my child was giving the effort I'm giving? What if my child was approaching their schoolwork their extracurricular activity, their travel sports organization with the same laissez-faire, lackadaisical, woe-is-me attitude. Would you be proud of your child? Now turn around and ask this. Would your child be proud of you based on your behavior? And for many of us, especially those parents who are tuned in, that's a big effing wake-up call because you can't want it or others can't want it for you. you got to want it for you. But... Are you making you proud? Are you making you proud? For many people, they need to sit down or stand up, look at that person in the mirror, have a long, hard conversation, and and make a decision to, to start changing one thing. One thing. What's your one thing? If your one thing is you gotta get up every morning by six, get up every morning by six. That's it, start there. You might not make it to the office until nine, but if you get up at six, you're at least starting your day earlier than you probably were. For other people, it's, I need to get to the office by a certain time. I get up by six easily. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure I'm in the office, cool, by 8.30. And then once you start becoming routine in what time you get up, what time you get to the office, you can start adding your your additional routines to that. 
don't try to do it all at once, right? Going back to my analogy of the of the uh, morbidly obese person, mm-hmm. they didn't become that way overnight. They're not gonna unbecome that way overnight. Right. You're not gonna just wait, uh, snap your fingers and do a 180 and you're this totally mm-hmm. rock star business professional. Mm-mm. Guess what? You'll never be the rock star business professional that you want to be or that you envision because that's always gonna change. As you get better, as you become habitually better in terms of how you how you act, what you do, and the habits you've created, you'll consistently find areas of improvement. So trust the process and then understand the process is an adventure, it's an evolution, and there's never an end goal. Because mm-hmm. if you're not growing, you're dying. So you're constantly growing and evolving, but look at getting 1% better per day, not 100% better tomorrow. Well said. And knock yourself out. Word. Whoever needed to hear this message, you're welcome. Yeah. Whoever didn't need to hear this message, you're sh- welcome. You're welcome. Good. <laughs> Good. No, yeah. Share it with someone that you think that does. Yeah. That that person right now, that person thinks you don't care. That person that you haven't gone out of your way to check in on and say, are you all right? Yeah. Hey, man, seems like you kind of been dragging ass a little bit. Maybe this wasn't for you, but it is for them. Show them you care by sharing. Sharing is caring. There you go. Yeah. Hey, look, our website is theloanofficerpodcast.com or affectionately tloponline.com. We encourage you like crazy to check it out. If you're on that website, that's where you're going to be able to find our social handles for Facebook, for LinkedIn, for TikTok, for Instagram. Mm -hmm. Follow us on all of those. Um, We're pretty accessible, especially on Instagram and on LinkedIn. I am Dustin Owen on LinkedIn. If you ever want to contact John Coleman directly, I promise you he hates me sharing this, but do it through the website. John's pretty easily accessible if you contact us through the website. Any other medium or forum, he'll act like he doesn't know you. (laughs) It's July 2022. He and I are going to be out in Vegas together at a mortgage event called Mortgage Mastermind, Mastermind 2022. Information about that event is on our website. We are speaking at the event. The event is being sponsored, or not the event, our portion of the event uh, is going to be sponsored by our friends over at Jungo. Jungo, Jungo is an amazing CRM that we utilize for my mortgage origination teams. And um, yeah, continue to like us, continue to share us, give us a five-star review. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that good jazz. And, and mostly putting out the universe. John and I love doing this shit. Like we really do. Right now we're two dudes, three cameras, two mics, two lights. (laughs) We are self-produced. But if you love what we're doing and you think more people would enjoy our content, man, put us in in contact with folks that know a thing or two about promotion, about public relations, about... What would you call those people, John? Dio just wants to know the shakers and movers in the industry so we can blow up. There we go. That's it. (laughs) He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today. I will catch you on the next episode when I'm back from my trip to the 7D Ranch in Wyoming. Yeehaw. Peace out, folks.